0: Awesome. All right, so um, I like to do this because I, I did and I like to keep these things recorded so that people later on can kind of tie back to them. So if you guys want to check out what we talked about in more depth, um, we'll have up another um, podcast on Apple and Google. Uh, I'll do the same thing next month. Uh, for people that have been kinda of waiting for the, the meetup, sorry, that um, I've taken so long. I had one, I believe back in like February or March, which was great, um, had had some really good people there. And then I just, it was just a lot of work um, from a founder perspective. But I'm so happy and super excited to be back to the conversation, back to you know having more conversations with great founders doing great things uh, especially in the summer and I appreciate you all for showing up and actually being here Um, that it to me is always the most important thing just showing up and being around so again I appreciate you all and uh, hope to see you next month July 12th so now we're gonna get right into it and um, what I wanted to first talk about was XR and I want to know From Lisa's perspective, what is XR? Um, I know we have some new new people here, but I just kind of wanted to get into what XR is.
1: Okay, so this is for Damon, Um, because I know he's new to this. Uh, So XR is the umbrella term for for spatial immersive computing. Um, it includes augmented reality, which is which is a, a real component in an immersive space or a virtual space. Um, virtual reality which is fully uh uh immersive uh virtual space and mixed reality which is um, a uh, a mixture of the two um, uh there is WebVR, which is uh, which is virtual reality inside a web browser, which you can access through um, through the the headsets, and um, and there are a number of headsets at every level that you can invest in. Um, the uh, the best of which, um, uh, sorry, Damon. <laughs> um, right now is, is uh, uh, from a mental health standpoint, is the Oculus Quest because um, it has changed the game for mental health practitioners to bring VR into their, into their practice without uh, an attached computer, a tether, or a mobile phone. Um, so, um, so XR, yeah.
0: And um, just to elaborate a little bit more on that, uh, so I've played in the VR and AR space, uh, VR a little bit more, as I was studying more computational neuroscience. I wanted to figure out how the mind was affected from the la- what we call the last screen, um, and how it's manipulated, how it can be manipulated. Um, and not just over the, and I had this conversation actually yesterday with an individual uh, at the event that I was at where I said that it's really interesting uh, some of the research that I did understanding over the course of period of time. And I mean just if you're looking at certain examples, for instance, looking down at your arm and seeing that I'm an actual Caucasian person and you know not black. Um, I think the, the, the splash of that the first time is, a, is, is like just a shock, but I think it, if it doesn't happen over time, then it loses any particular value. And that's a lot of what I've kind of looked into over time. So I think a lot of the um, applications in XR, volumetric feedback, haptic feedback, suits, you know, all the things that us as sci-fi individuals love and want to. I feel that um, there are so many ways in the future, once we get a little bit more around ethics, security, compute power, that um, it's gonna start to change people a lot quicker than um, that time period that I was telling you where it's this kind of like shock therapy um, for for your eyes. So I just wanted to elaborate a little bit more on that. Um, The next question that I wanted to talk about was, so what is NewPath doing with artificial intelligence, more specified around machine learning about what you were talking about? Okay. Um,
1: So sure. So I just showed you a a demo of our um, uh, uh, psych assessment tool. It's called Cog Assessment VR, and um, and that is a uh, a tool that's using graphical uh, computer interface called MathWorks um, uh, Simulink, and um, this includes a couple of things that uh, we thought it was important to bring into VR um, uh, at an early stage to begin the process of of heading uh, on our journey towards this um, this AI wellness coach that that we want to have in say four to five years, um, this uh, smart body system that it uses um, includes uh, messaging strings. So um, some. Uh, machine learning um, to uh, allow you to script uh, the um, the conversation um, word by word, uh, response by response, um, and it, it includes, as I was mentioning, this. Um, uh, behavior markup language so that um, you can control um, how the character uh, gazes at you, how it responds responds to your um, emotions, whether you smile or frown or put your head down or, um, do certain things and it will res- you can make it respond accordingly, um, with, uh, a smile or, a, a turn of the head or, um, a sympathetic sort of, um, uh, body response too. And, um, and, uh, not all of our products have an AI component to them uh, but this is a product that we decided again to start now um, and start building towards that um, that that wellness um, that wellness coach or that wellness AI
0: So that was that was great So uh, just kind of going off of what you were you were just talking about how? Uh, is what you're what you've been building and your background you know especially around behavioral health um how is that influencing your application like with the questions that you ask as you know i ask a lot of questions um i've even said multiple times to my friends i judge my friends on the questions we ask each other good or bad and you know i've said this all the time so how does that go into an application of asking questions like the right ones for the particular market that mm-hmm. you're not going after but you're in mm. how does that how does that work
1: okay so um mental health is a very personal space um for us individually uh it's affecting um mental health conditions are affecting 75 percent of us um, all the time, physically and emotionally, uh, economically as well. Um, and when we first started the company, um, we we had group meetings and asked everybody, "What does what does mental health mean to you?" We got uh, strikingly different uh, answers from everybody. Um, when we first started uh, talking about the products that we were building, um, they they were. <laughs> everything from uh, meditation app to uh, therapist led apps to um, consciousness expanding apps I mean they were all over the map and so the questions that we asked each other um, uh, brought out a lot about each other our team got to know each other very well um, the uh, the point at which we started actually gluing down what we were going to build came as we asked people outside of the company people who are the customers of the applications that we were building so mental health patients um, people with trauma Uh, therapists who were serving those, um, and practitioners who were dealing with patients. So, um, for example, we went to UCSF's Memory and Aging Center and asked them, what are the biggest uh, problems that you're dealing with here? And they told us that Um, that Alzheimer's and dementia patients um, deal with a lot of um, uh, uh, frustration and um, anxiety uh, when they uh, start to forget where they are or they're they're having their issues um, and they get you know furious and and very difficult to deal with and so one problem was uh, that they said that if, if we could find a way to help help them um, uh, deal with that agitation uh, that would be very helpful the second thing that they asked for was for the caretakers the caretakers said um, we don't know how to deal with their agitation where we don't we don't have the empathy we don't understand what's going on um, if there's something that you could build that would help with that empathy that would be helpful so one of the products that we're working on right now is just a, a fairly simple uh, 360 uh, empathy experience for um, helping dementia patients and um, and Alzheimer patient caretakers understand how to deal with the agitation. That's it
0: that's thank you for the 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 comment so i mean even going back to dementia so my grandmother before she passed in 2016 had dementia and i don't know if any of you guys have ever had a uh, individual that has had dementia or short-term dementia at all Mm -hmm. um and we brought me me and my family brought her back into the house and I've, my grandmother is probably, was the closest grandmother to me, you know, between my, uh, my on my father's side, who we call my, our other ma. Um, she passed a little bit earlier when I was around like 13 or 12. But having someone in the household that has that, um, looking at them at, as a, at, you know, wanting to have that same engagement, uh, but not, uh, really changes you. Right? And a lot of people that don't really understand that, um, they can't empathize. And that's fine, I, I get it. But yeah, exactly, right? Unless you have someone that's, that's immediately impacted. But one of, the, one of the things that you were, you were, you were speaking about, I just thought, um, you know, looking at that story, right? And looking at those, the, the, you know, coming back to the house and, and my grandmother not remembering, you know, if I was there, if I wasn't there, but she remembered my gray suit. I had a gray suit that I always used to wear and she never forgot that. And I was just like, man, so I would wear it around her sometimes, you know? And I still have the gray suit, of course. So those things, I think, unless people actually know them, right, about uh, the field of what we talk about and speak about, um, it, I, I think it, it's, it's, it gets to the fact of, oh, well, you know what, it doesn't impact me, so I don't care, you know? So uh, great, I, I appreciate the, uh, the comment. And my next question is how will machine learning You know help the user experience right how will it you know help the user experience around mental health at all
1: so around well for customers in general um, and that that includes uh that includes mental health but but for customers and and in xr um you know things become more and more customer-centric that just sounds repetitive but it's it's the truth. Um, you've got more personalized services. You're engaging more with customers in their their own spaces. Um, uh, some of you might be able to remember that it was only like 25 years ago that, in order to get somewhere, you had to pull out a map. A paper map to get somewhere and you couldn't get all the way there you had to stop at a um, at a gas station and ask somebody um, how to get the rest of the way there um, there are uh, there are now you know you can call an uber and it comes to meet you and um, it's still not quite as intelligent as it should be if you get an uber they don't know which side of the street to drop you off at, if you're familiar with that problem, um, I don't know why. And and there's this, there's this thing, there's this gap. I want to call it a, um, a a truth gap. There's this moment when uh, AI is taking over, and uh, and it's supposed to know what what you're supposed to know but automatically but there's this gap where it doesn't for a minute and you're supposed to know but you don't like do you know your best friend's phone number for example if you get stuck with or your lover's phone number you, you don't know that or um or if you're in an uber and like they're like oh the gps isn't working which way should i go and you're like i don't know i there's a there's a truth gap where we kind of um we don't look as intelligent like why why does an uber driver not just look at the numbers on the sides of the road like a taxi driver knows how to do that but uber drivers just have this truth gap for for a moment um but but we're getting closer and the gaps will be filled um for uh for mental health um there are companies like there's a company called Millie, which is a, a mental health-like chatbot um, company, and uh, they've put a lot of time into their uh, machine learning, and and it's a it's a cute robot. It's not Alan. Um, you don't have to deal with Alan. Uh, Uh, and it gets it gets smarter and smarter and it comes to you where you are and um, and I think things like that are are just the types of um, ways that that machine learning gets better and better but like I said it happens so manually right now Um, the game changers will be when there will be like a jump Mm. in automation for that Mm. Um, which nobody seems to believe in that I've that I've talked to. I'll ask you, <laughs> Michael. Do you believe that there will be a jump? Well,
0: I I was gonna say I I think there already has been, um, especially in, in in just computation, and in just because that's what we were waiting on. We were waiting on the ability to have the computers that can run the smart, you know, natural language processing, understanding computer vision. I mean, we have so much data. Right. I believe by two thousand and twenty five, two thousand and thirty, uh we've looked at I, I look at data all the time. I believe we're at two hundred and sixty-four zettabytes of data. I'll let that sink in just one more time. Two hundred and sixty-four zettabytes of data. Can you break a zettabyte down? Yeah, it's just a lot of it's a lot of decimals. It's a lot of decimals. <laughs> so I we think we, we think about we think about these these things when it comes to When you talk about Uber or Lyft, which I have a lot of friends at, you know, both companies, they have business plans as well. They have product roadmaps where they could unload a bunch of things onto you. But is that right for the business? And I think a lot of that gets caught in. And I think, I believe over the course of the next five to 10 years, a lot of the stuff that we we talk about are going to over time change because we have imaged the entire atmosphere from our brain. So the entire everything that you've ever done is making it easier for your brain and but I think over the past 20 years we've kind of manipulated it to the point of you know being you know comfortable and I think that's not I don't think that's a good thing. I think right now and for the future um, living, uncomfortably in certain situations are the only way to get a person to shape or to change because if you do not have that break or that crash then you will be comfortable and you'll be fine and then you will die and you will and that's it and i and honestly my my opinion on this is i think all of us have a gift we all have something to share but i think it's our duty if we have this passion to drive mental health or to drive other engineering, science, technology issues or problem, I feel like it's our duty to do it if we have that, if we have that capability. So to answer your question, again, um, I think that we are already seeing signs because you look at TPU, which is Tensor's you know, new processing unit, which 10 years ago wasn't around, five years ago, right? We, if you think about things like that, power, Behind quantum computing, quantum physics—like we're getting into a whole nother realm. Which you talk about everything from cellular molecular biology. It's—it is. I think the next 10 to 15 years are going to trump everything. Everything. So from a high from a high standpoint. <laughs> well, well, I I was gonna I I was gonna say I did did I said in the <laughs> well 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 as you know as you know in nlp right it's the words you had before and the words you have after <laughs> and i know you know a lot about that as well so um thank you again for the for the for the for the comment so in behavioral health um what is it that excites you about machine learning and uh, the impact in that field Okay.
1: yeah this this part i'm really excited about so um so in general i think Throughout time, there have been these moments when we were um, afforded a jump in in either uh, uh, industry or uh, 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 civic um, uh, advancements, and we were able to, like, say, the Renaissance or um, Greek times, when we were able to, uh, you know. Uh, put down the tools and use our brains. Mm. And, and I think in behavioral health and AI, what's really exciting is that um, augmenting the intelligence is, is going to help us offload those cognitive tasks and let us, um, free us up to more higher level thinking. Mm so that we can solve different problems and not have to spend so much time um, doing inane, inane things. Um, how many times do you have to think about your passwords or, or type things over and over and over and over and over again and, and uh, um, wait for things mm-hmm. and uh, think of all the just inane things that you have to do. Um, Machine learning and in behavioral health will allow us to do, um, make small incremental changes in our behaviors so that will have dramatic changes on our health. Um, uh, small tweaks, you know, when you go to the doctor and they say, if you can just, you know, maybe eat less better or just um, walk 20 minutes a day. They're totally reasonable changes that you could make that you don't. But, um, but if you did, you wouldn't have to have that conversation again with your doctor. Um, and they would really change your life. And, and if something major happens to us, which is usually what happens, something major health-wise happens to us, and that's what generates behavioral changes. Um, but AI could help us by nudging us along in these ways that we don't even really notice. Um, which is what Millie does. Millie has these little behavioral nudges that, that it helps you do. It notices, like, oh, you're a little tense right now, or oh, have you done this? Um, uh, maybe it's time to meditate. Maybe, you know, it's a little, a little bit of this. That, those are the types of things in, in XR that can happen um, that are going to be amazing.
0: So, so you touched on a, a lot of different points, and what I want to point out first is. So, I read a lot. Um, uh, the book that I read uh, some months ago was called uh, Superpowers, the Kaifu Lee. A bunch of people have probably read it as well. One thing that he says and talks about, which I do appreciate, um, is the fact that we are going to get back to what humans do. We are supposed to be creative, that's what we're supposed to do. And I feel that, you know, regardless of what I see with data, and the numbers, and you know the jobs that we already, at the end of the day, are going to be eradicated. Which we understand. We're going to get back to what we are supposed to do as, as a species. And, and for me, that is truly important because the mundane things. Because what I've seen over time, I, I know I'm only thirty years old, but I feel like I have an old soul. I've. So I feel feel that um, over the next, you know, 15 to 20 years, I think that we will have more time to share with the people that we love. We will not have to have this work, work, work. And I feel like automating tasks so that we can actually do what we're supposed to do as humans, Mm -hmm. right, and not make another mousetrap that I've seen for the past 10 years as soon as we started building applications and I see more and more and more mousetraps. I don't see anything that's actually like a particular problem focused on a particular solution. I feel like it's a band-aid and you want to put another band-aid on top of it and then I that's not what we're supposed to live like, right? So um, you know, taking it back, I, I feel like you're absolutely right. I feel like that's what we're going to do in the, long, in the long run. I think we have to um, uh, destroy some systems. And I think that we have to create new systems. And I think those systems are going to come with, yeah, we've paid for it with our data. Yeah, we've played, we paid for it with, you know, pre-programming, right? And, and I feel like over, you know, we're living in some of the grandest times of our life. And I feel like being in San Francisco, I've been here for a year and a half, I am privileged. I mean, being out here, you know, with cool individuals like yourself. um, And that, those are the things to me that mean a lot. And I think that's what we're gonna get back to, just not now, Uh, in the future. So next question, how does um, machine learning, how has it for you, Impacted you, or, or has it, or have have you not used machine learning in any type of mental health field for yourself, mm. or is it something else that you did, maybe that you you felt?
1: Yeah, let's see. Well, there's some there's some projects outside of um, outside of New Path that I've worked on that um, that have to do with uh, AI and machine learning, um. That I worked on that aren't quite as relevant to mental health, but um, but I've learned some from. Um, uh, I'm I'm very focused on on how it relates to um, behavioral changes, though, and and how you can really craft a conversation to to create those behavioral changes, and that's. Um, that's my focus now. Is is really just um, uh, making Alan our our AI character um, uh, somebody who's interchangeable, so you can make it a comfortable character that you can uh, interact with um, and choose from, and make that um, a little monster or a you know a little. Barbie doll or whatever you feel you know most comfortable with um, and how that will change your behaviors um, and doing some research about uh, about male versus female young versus older and and how we react as individuals to those um, to those things um, that's that's mainly that's mainly what I care about today
0: so so uh, to kind of Take back on that. Was there any personal experience that you've had at all?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. As I mentioned earlier, the I was seeing a psychiatrist. I was filling out these forms. Um, I was noticing that my uh, responses to these uh, depression um, uh, assessment forms um, was often. Not what I felt when I left or what I felt when I was walking into the office, but was more of an effect of being in the office itself. And so when I would get in to talk to the therapist, she would say, Oh, I see you're feeling really, really stressed out. And, and, um, and uh, you're not It seems like you're not getting a lot of sleep and then I would say well actually that's not really accurate I'm I'm feeling okay I've, I guess I've been eating I've, I'm, I'm, I'm okay and uh, she wouldn't change the form of course because that's what I put on the form and they take these forms and they track them over time and so my results were not accurate and I was fearful that she was going to medicate me inaccurately or, or um, suggest that I um, do some other kind of treatment that wasn't appropriate for me. And uh, exponentially, that applies to everyone. and I thought I thought this is something that could use um, an emotional uh, inter- interaction uh, uh, solution.
0: Great, great comment. So uh, just kind of tailoring it back, um, I know we were talking about entrepreneurship earlier and founders earlier. And just to give you guys a couple of different numbers, 49% um, are directly impacted from mental health issues. Mm -hmm. um, And I usually tailor it towards the three, depression, anxiety. um, And uh, so I I think about it this way. 49% are affected directly. 23% of that is indirectly family, friends, things of that nature. So we're looking at 72% close um, of founders, right, of entrepreneurship, that that entrepreneurs that are immediately affected by the issues that we talk about. But yet it's stigmatized, right? It's like bad to do that or, oh, why are you doing that? No, you're supposed to be this way. which I always have always found interesting. Um, and if you want to look at even deeper, I believe we're up yearly $300 billion from burnout. I think I went over the numbers with you last time we were talking. Um, $300 billion with a B. Dollars. So um, back to XR. Where do you see in the future a couple of different applications, right? Say we get everything interconnected, say we have Suit. say we have vr right what do you see how fast the changes happen or do you not see the changes happening at, you know fast at all when it comes to our behavior right i try on a suit i try on a vr headset i sit down i have an experience and complete change do you see that happening at all yeah. i mean mm-hmm. with the help of ai right with the help of me putting it on and maybe it understands that um I have a familiarity with people of color or I have a familiar, ah, I was, I grew up in, uh, you know, Rockland County or whatever, right? So I've been around a lot of different cultured people, like my entire life, right? It started with, I think about even genetics. I think about my dad where he grew up, Boston, right? And I think, okay, he went to Yale. All right. So he had a bunch of different friends. And then I look at my mom, my mom grew up in the South, right? So does it, would you, do you see that like, that connection being so entrenched with my information that it just immediately knows, meaning that helps speed up the process? The loaded question, I'm sorry. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, because there's uh, it's new enough still that there's not just a huge warehouse of people making uh, individually specific things for you. Mm um uh what is true is and he will agree with me i'm sure that uh learning is accelerated in vr and that uh, uh it sticks with you longer um, and and is deeper and and can be more effective than many other learning processes um, it can be it can be specialized, uh, but it takes a lot of work t- to do that. And I don't, I don't quite see yet that it's that it's happening fast for sure. But I don't see quite yet that all of those pieces have been put together. Um, uh, there's there's a few cases like uh, a few companies that have been able to rise up, connect the two. Get get it out into the market, um, but not on mass yet. This is a this is a very new field, uh, new fields being put together, very new. Um, what it what it can achieve is going to be fantastic, but it's going to take time, and it's it's going to take um, a lot of attention and care not to do it wrong because you're dealing with um, people's psyches and emotions and um, it needs, in mental health in particular, you, you, um, you can go wrong and things can go very wrong. So um, I think it has to be dealt with, uh, with more care than certain other industries. No,
0: I, I completely agree with you. And I think that's a testament to what the teams look like. Right? like I think that kind of ties us back to what a team would look like if you're catering to whatever particular demographic you should have people that are all over when it comes to not just maybe 15 engineers or 15 product people or whatever you can have a therapist right you can have you know and these are all I'm talking about circulating teams now to create the experience that is for everybody right at scale that's what we all talk about right not just the the personal experience but also how can you replicate that 10x so I think that in in itself in its entirety um, is extremely important as well so what I mean that leads us into one of our you know final questions what are some tips that you have for people that may maybe want to start Uh, A mental health application or behavioral health application you know using machine learning at all what do you what what kind of tips do you do you have
1: okay yeah so so there's a few Um, uh, the one the one point I made earlier that that AI should probably be called MI because it's manual uh, still to me I don't know where you're getting this information about it's all all computing power and what do you call them? Zigabytes? What are they called? <laughs>
0: Zetabytes.
1: Cetabytes. Yeah, I'm really good at math. Um, so, so one is that the the misnomer that that AI is just plug and play, and um, you're gonna you're gonna just plug in this thing that understands people or plug in this therapist that understands emotions and how to how to handle a, a patient that has emotional issues and be able to do it on the fly is just not realistic Um so uh, so the the first tip is is to understand that and to educate yourself broadly uh, about ai with with experts in all kinds of different fields i've learned a lot from michael um, uh, mostly that i don't know as much as i thought i knew uh, and i've learned a lot from from steve de paula who's on our um on our board and is uh is brilliant in this area um, i hope you get a chance to see him speak one one time when he's down here um uh, but from different areas medical the, the military has a lot of information in this area they publish um, they publish uh, some of the work that they do. Um, Academia um, also publishes um, their work. Um, uh, Stanford has some some stuff in this, and people doing experimental work too, uh, because you'll get some some data there. Um, I would also say uh, like us to plan for for long-term implementations, um, not to have some expectation that like some other um, XR uh, app that you might be able to build in three or six months um, AI you're not going to be able to do that with as quickly it's going to take it's going to take a long time and you'll want a roadmap that that has some short-term achievements um, but uh, but it's going to change so much by the time you get to that first stage you're going to want more and, um, and just educate yourself about um, about that, um, but you know, eventually, you know, you can get to some automated therapy, um, but that's probably going to be tied to biometrics as well. So, if you're thinking about doing AI to also um, also tie that to uh, uh, heart rate and other biometric devices or or feedback, because um, that. Seems to be the triangle to me um, is that you need some um, some real life feedback too um, for the AI to make some sense of because we can't get everything from uh, eye gazes and and um, and what we say because we don't say what we mean mm. and I mean it.
0: Mm. Mm. So now I want to open it up to any questions anyone else has. Um,
1: I hadn't thought about adding journaling to this what we did think of adding to this we one thing we didn't want to do is um, is interfere with the question and answer process too much because we don't want to influence we don't want to say hey how you doing today you look great um, are you anxious and then he'd be like oh no I, I'm feeling pretty good uh, we don't we don't want to influence that but after the assessment process and we're still not sure that this wouldn't, in fact, affect the future assessments. Uh, we were gonna, we were gonna put a sand tray. Are you familiar with sand tray therapy? Um, so, so some uh, for those of you who aren't, um, a lot of therapists use a, um, a sand tray therapy for uh, not just children, but often children who can't express themselves or um, explain a scenario that might have happened at home or in a um, a traumatic situation, so they'll put them in front of a tray of sand, and then you have a bunch of toys and different objects that the child um, plays with, and the therapist observes and watch them, uh, watches them and makes sense out of out of the type of play that they're that they're doing. So if they have a conflict or something like that, they they interpret that in a in a certain way and might ask questions about you know, does that dinosaur remind you of you know. Michael because you know I saw you fighting with Michael earlier um, you know and things like that Uh, but uh, we haven't implemented that yet because we're still not sure that that would in fact be like oh I can't wait to get to my next uh, my next thing uh, my next uh, encounter with this character so that I can play with my sand tray Um, but it's a it's a good idea. And for our other therapy application, there's lots of journaling, <laughs> um, because it's a part of the therapy, actually. Uh, but that's a great great idea. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there anybody else that had any questions? Yeah. Oh, Damon? So um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious uh,
1: for what you're doing and other people that are collecting data about people. Your concerns around the fact that the platform that you're
0: is an advertising company owns it. And so now you're passing very personal information that essentially is owned by a company that makes money off of the more data that they have about you, right? So as a person who's concerned with uh, patient privacy Mm. and that kind of data, what are your current concerns with the fact that the platform that you're using is essentially owned by an advertising company that already has a lot of other data about you and then can better extrapolate that data. Their business model is to say, the more I know about you, is the better I can sell it to other people. And now I know what your phobias are, your fears, and others. So, how do you look to address that currently? And then what would be advice that you would have for other people they're looking to deal with right. patient
1: data? Um, so, the advertising company in this scenario would be Facebook. Huh.
0: Facebook comes
1: up us. Right. Right. Um, <sighs> that's a really great question um well of course it would be hipaa compliant so they they ideally would have no right to have any entry into any point of this application um what uh, other companies have done in this space is to um uh, they started with using uh uh, Google Daydream headset headsets and then they went to China and had their own built so that they had their own closed system that might be an option um, for this uh, that might be an option that that's my first thinking um, I'm gonna write that down after we stop and I'm gonna put a lot more thinking into it yeah that's a great question Um to, to think about anybody getting more data than than they should or could have, um, and the privacy of patients. Yeah, great question, Damon.
0: Is there any other questions at all? That's a really good question. So if, if there's no other questions, um, I kind of want to say first thing again, Thank you. Oh, hold
1: up. Michael, thank you for having me. Yeah, this is great. And thank you, everybody, for coming, because on a Thursday, there's so many tech events. And um, Aria had to come, because she's interning for for me. Uh, and you didn't have to come. I, I gave you tickets to go see another event tonight, but she came here anyway. So she's like intern of the week. Um, but, uh, but thank you, and thank you everyone.
0: Yeah. No, so um, just to kind of clear out everything, um, again, we have another event next month, July 12th, um, at the Microsoft Reactor uh, called Diverse Thought. Um, I'm gonna be putting on, we're also gonna have Steve Diabla um, and hopefully on stage with me in September. <sighs> so um, that's also another thing to look forward to. Um, I also just want to say again, thank you for being here. Thank you for being present. Thank everybody for being present and being here. I really appreciate it. All the questions, comments, anything else. Also, um, we will collect, if you guys have like emails and things, we'll put everything, all the links that you might need from Lisa or myself. We'll put them all on Meetup so you guys can have access to it. If you have any other questions or comments, please feel free to talk to me or Lisa at any time. Thank you again.